0: Welcome. My name is Justin Wickheiser. I'm the director of legal operations at the law firm of Smith Fried Eberhard with offices located in Portland, Oregon, and Seattle, Washington. We serve the insurance defense community and we play to win. So thank you for joining us. Today is our first edition of our weekly legal alert podcast and videocast. We're calling it the briefing. And in the briefing, we are going to bring to you legal analysis on significant and impactful cases that affect the insurance industry. Again, thank you for joining us and we appreciate your support of our firm. So today's case, it comes to us from Brian Shuey. Brian is a partner in our Seattle office and it's titled, Hospitals do not owe a duty to protect others against violence of a one-time patient. Kind of an interesting case. So this again is from the desk of partner Brian Shuey in our Seattle Washington office. And it reads, in Washington, a person usually does not have a duty to control another's behavior. There are a few scenarios where someone can be found liable for another's individual harming a third party. One of those scenarios is in the mental health context. As we read through these legal alerts, we break it down into multiple subsections. Because the goal is, is that we want you to be able to read quickly and identify if this case is applicable to you and the claims that you handle within the jurisdictions that you handle. So we start off with a brief summary, which we call from the desk of. Next, we cover what we call a claims pointer. And the claims pointer really hits at the heart of the matter of what this particular case uh, is and what claims area or practice area it impacts. The claims pointer reads, the Washington Court of Appeals held that a hospital cannot be held liable for the actions of an individual experiencing a mental health crisis if the individual only came to the hospital for a single emergency department visit. This is true even if the hospital chose not to call a mental health professional to decide if the individual should have been committed to involuntary treatment. The case is Kaneki versus Evergreen Emergency Services. Here are the facts of the case. The facts give you essentially the central theme of what the case is. This case stems from an unfortunate series of events. In 2015, Zachary Konecki, known as Zachary throughout the case, began engaging in increasingly odd behavior. In January 2016, while living with his brother, Zachary threatened to light himself on fire and made a few other troubling statements. The next day, Zachary's brother grew even more concerned about his frightening behavior and called the police. After emergency services arrived, Zachary was placed in an ambulance and transported Evergreen Health Medical Center's emergency room. While in the emergency room, Zachary was evaluated and ultimately released for a few hours later. A mental health professional was not summoned to evaluate Zachary to determine if he should be submitted to involuntary treatment. Okay? After Zachary was released, he went to his parents, Victoria and Michael Konecki's house. The following day... Zachary killed Victoria. He attacked Michael and set the house on fire. Michael, who was the plaintiff in this case, filed suit against Evergreen Emergency Services, the defendant, on behalf of himself and his wife's estate. The plaintiff's first complaint alleged negligent supervision, medical negligence, and gross negligence. The defendant filed a motion to dismiss and in response, the plaintiff amended his complaint to just assert a claim of gross negligence. The defendant filed another motion to dismiss, which the court granted. The plaintiff then appealed. The next section that we cover is titled law. And this shows how legally this case is going to impact your claims handling. Generally, an individual does not have a responsibility to prevent a person from harming another individual. However, such a duty may exist when there is a special relationship. The Washington Supreme Court previously found a psychiatrist owes a duty to a third party because a special relationship exists between the psychiatrist and the patient. So in the Washington Supreme Court case, Volk v. Demirler, the psychiatrist's patient killed two individuals and attempted to kill a third. The court held that the psychiatrist may be liable to his patient's victim under a theory of medical negligence. So a special relationship exists if the relationship is definite, established, and continuing. A one-time appointment, interaction, or visit is not enough to create this type of relationship. In the alternative, the plaintiff argued that a Washington statute, and that's RCW 71.05.050, um, we wanted to make that as difficult as possible for you, creates an independent duty on healthcare providers to protect third parties from mentally ill patients. Here comes another one. RCW 71.05.050, parentheses three, provides that if a person is brought to an emergency department and medical staff believe that the person is presenting an imminent likelihood of serious harm or imminent danger, the hospital staff then may detain such a person for sufficient time. The Washington Court of Appeals engaged in an established three-factor test to determine if the legislature and intended to create statutory cause of action. The three factors in the test are, one, whether the plaintiff is within the class of people, the statute was enacted to benefit, two, whether legislative intent supports creating a remedy, and three, whether implying a remedy is consistent with the underlying purpose of the statute. Ultimately, the court held that the legislature did not intend to create a statutory cause of action. First, the statute was enacted to protect those suffering from behavioral health disorders and not third parties, Second, the statute's permissive language means that the legislature did not intend to impose an affirmative duty on healthcare providers to detain patients. Third, the underlying purpose of the statute was to safeguard the individual rights of those suffering from behavioral health disorders. Creating a cause of action could cause medical professionals to over-detain individuals for fear of liability, which would undermine the purpose of the statute. Here's our analysis, where we bring it home for you and wrap it all together. For the plaintiff's medical negligence claim to proceed, a special relationship must exist. Given that Zachary only had a single emergency room visit, the required definite, established, and continuing relationship did not exist there. Therefore, the defendant did not have a duty to protect the plaintiff and his wife from Zachary the Washington Court of Appeals ultimately found that because the defendant did not have this duty, the trial court was correct in dismissing the plaintiff's medical negligence claim. The Washington Court of Appeals ultimately found that because the defendant did not have this duty, the trial court was correct in dismissing the plaintiff's medical negligence claim. As for the statutory claim under RCW 71.05, zero five zero the court found that the statute did not create a cause of action thus the defendant could not be liable for failing to detain Zachary under the statute ultimately the Washington Court of Appeals affirmed the trial court's dismissal of this case in its entirety so what is the big picture of this for you today with the claims you have or you may have in the near future this is what you need to know Generally, Washington law does not impose a duty on an individual to prevent another person from harming a third party, as we stated before. However, there are rare circumstances where one might owe a duty to prevent harm. Another however coming, trying to make this as clear as possible. However, the opinion makes clear that such a duty cannot be imposed on hospital staff who briefly treat an individual experiencing a mental health crisis. This decision helps better define the circumstances or one could be held liable for controlling the behavior of another. And that is today's legal alert, and that is today's briefing. For more information on this case, you can visit our website at www.smithfree.com. You can access this under our Legal Resources section. It's going to be the first legal resource in the upper left-hand corner because it's our most recent. In here, you can go ahead and read and conduct your own analysis if you so choose to do. You can also see the full opinion from the court, and that's in the link at the very bottom of the page. Thank you again for your support of our firm. There is a fee for this podcast uh, and, and videocast, and that fee is, is if you know someone that you think this could help with their claims or their organization, the fee is to forward it onto them and uh, uh, help your your colleague, your friend, or help someone else uh, better handle the claims that they encounter in Oregon and Washington. Thank you so much again. Appreciate you, and we will talk to you next week.